0: The following is brought to you by the Leave It In The Ring Podcast Network. All boxing,
1: no filter. Greetings, and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Boxing Esquire Podcast, presented by The Ring and ringtv.com. My guest on this episode is boxing manager and advisor extraordinaire Keith Connolly um keith has an excellent roster of fighters including danny jacobs Louis Colazzo, marcus brown sergey derevianchenko adam Kaunaski, chris algeri and some great young prospects and we talk about what's next for all of those fighters and uh, also get into how great the boxing market is right now so uh, well after two kind of monster podcasts of over two hours this was uh, a little shorter and sweeter so i uh, hope you enjoy I'd like to welcome to the Boxing Esquire podcast one of the best managers in the business. Uh, got a lot of great fighters. It's a great pleasure to speak to him. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Keith Conley.
0: Uh, great to be here. Thanks uh, for having me.
1: No worries, no worries. Hey, just want to get uh, some of your background uh, in case people don't know. So, so where are you from originally?
0: Uh, originally from New York, Westchester County, around New York. So I've been been in New York all my life.
1: Excellent, excellent. So when uh when you were a kid were you a big sports fan?
0: Uh yeah, huge fan. Huge boxing fan. My dad got me into it when I was about 6 or 7. I still remember watching uh championship fights on Wide World of Sports back in the day and it's good to see uh boxing back on prime time again.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So what what got you into the boxing business? Um on the management really?
0: Well, I kind of just fell into it. I mean, my dad got me into boxing, as I said earlier. You know, my passion really stemmed from from him instilling that in me. But uh, as far as how I got into the boxing, I kind of just went to – I'd been going to Golden Gloves fights uh, back in 2004, and I saw a Danny Jacobs fight, and I said to myself, that kid looks like the next Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, I'd never seen hand speed uh, from anybody in the New York Golden Gloves – like Danny had. So I kind of went up to him after the fight. I said, what's your name? I introduced myself, and uh, I said, if you win the New York Golden Gloves, I'll come support you in Little Rock, Arkansas, at the Nationals. And I think he kind of like, he didn't believe me. He said, okay, okay, I get it. And uh, I just showed up out of nowhere at the National Golden Gloves in Little Rock and watched him all week, supported him, and kind of the relationship uh, bloomed from there.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's
0: okay. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. So was, was Danny the first fighter you managed?
0: Yeah, he was. Him and uh, Will Rosinski, who was another New York Golden Gloves uh, champion at the time. Um, and then it kind of just blossomed from there, to be honest with you. Um, it wasn't something I, I planned on doing. Uh, it kind of just happened that way. And over the last, I guess, what we, maybe you know, 12, 13 years later, it's, it's grown into something much bigger than I ever thought it would.
1: Right, right, yeah, I think I remember reading about um when you guys were working with will, you partnered with your father right you were you were uh partner. yeah, is he still yeah,
0: correct we're, we're he's still around, he's retired in Florida right now, he's living out his golden years down in sunshine, but uh yeah, he's still uh he's still uh involved with me. I always lean on him for advice, and we always go over
1: everything together, okay, that's great, that's great, that's great. Well, listen, let's get into uh, some of the fighters that you're currently working with. Um, my man, uh, let's talk about Louis, Louis Colazo. I'm very familiar with Louis. I negotiated a few of his uh, promotional contracts early in his career with uh, Frank Warren and Golden Boy. But he's got a really interesting test coming up on Sunday with Samuel Vargas, who gave uh, Mirkan a real tough one last time out. How do you see that one going?
0: Uh, they're both tough guys. Um they both really come to fight. I expect it to be a bloodbath, uh, especially with Louis' style. He's all action-packed. Uh, he's not going to be running. He's going to be coming straight forward at Vargas, and I think he's going to try to go right through him. So I can see both guys getting cut up in the fight. Both guys may be hurting each other, but uh, I think in the end, I think Louis is just like a slight cut above uh, Samuel Vargas.
1: Right. So right. I think he'll come out of the victory. Yeah, he's he's had some injuries of late, and he's been uh, pretty pretty you know fairly inactive for Louis. I mean, he only had like one fight in, in 2017 and one in 2018. Um, I guess what's what's interesting to kind of the sport at large, you know, with with all the the, the big players in, in in the sport and the different network deals, is that Louis is like a PBC fighter who's headlining a top rank card. So how how did that come about?
0: Uh, it just came about with my relationship with Todd DeBuff. Uh, We were at first going to fight Terrence Crawford. We had actually signed our side of the contract. We were waiting for Terrence to to sign his, and then the Amir Khan situation popped up, and obviously that's a huge fight, so Terrence couldn't turn that down. So when that fell through, Todd and I talked. He he offered a great deal to fight Samuel Vargas. Uh, I sat down with Al. We both discussed uh, what the opportunity was, and you know how Al is. As long as it's good for the fighter, you know, uh, he'll, he'll never stop a fighter from taking a good opportunity. So Al's still very involved in Louie's career, and, uh, you know, we both co-manage him. So that's kind of how it came about. It, ca- it came about, really, because the Terrence Crawford fight fell through.
1: Right, right. That's great. So so Louie's not signed with, with top rank. It's just more of like a fight-by-fight fight, uh, basis.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're signed for this fight, but, yeah, we're, it's more of a fight-by-fight fight basis. Um you know, we'll see what comes up after this. If Louis looks good, which I think he will, he's had a great training camp, so there's no excuses going into this fight. Uh, he's, he has no injuries as well. If he looks good, I could see him fighting Terrence Crawford next or one of the PBC champions. You know, Louis's 37, so, if, you know, there's no time to waste. But uh, so we could be fighting on top rank again next, or, you know, we could be fighting on PBC. It all depends on what sort of situation pops up.
1: Well, that's great that, that you have uh, you have Louis options open like that. That's it's it's rare and it's and it's awesome. It's I'm, I'm happy for Louis that uh, you know he can he can go on, on either side of the street, as uh, as Errol Spence would like to say. That's awesome. Um, speaking of keeping options open, uh, let's talk about your main man um, uh, Daniel Jacobs. Uh, you and Danny uh, made a big splash in uh, 2017 when, when he went uh, from PBC and Showtime to sign with Eddie and and, and HBO. And I know that, you know, earlier this year, Danny was was kind of a free agent again and and re-signed with Hearn and DAZN for a three-fight deal. So, obviously, you know, you played your cards right. It's paid dividends. You landed the fight with the biggest star in the sport, Canelo Alvarez. But um, take me through, like, the decision process at at both junctures uh, when you signed and then re-signed with with Eddie Hearn.
0: Well, um, first off, the move to HBO from Showtime for Danny was kind of a no-brainer. Showtime's always been good to Danny, uh, but all the big fights for him were at HBO at the time. Canelo, Triple G, those were the fights that we were targeting. I know they didn't happen on HBO, but they're now about to happen on DAZN. So when I sat down with Al after we got an offer from HBO, he agreed that was the best move for Danny. So, you know, we pulled the trigger there. If Danny was in the welterweight division, we wouldn't have made that move because all big welterweight fights are on the pbc side of the street so it was more like a danny jacobs specific move that we made uh i get along great with eddie Hearn, so does so does danny uh he's probably the best i think promoter in the business as far as getting in front of a microphone and getting the message out of who his guy is and 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 how good danny is so uh it was kind of like we didn't subtract from the team. We didn't cut PBC out. Al Heyman's still fully involved with Danny as well. We just added another piece to the puzzle with Eddie. And so far, I think it's worked out great. So anybody that says Al Heyman and Eddie Hearn can't work together, they they just don't know what's really what's going on.
1: You know? absolutely absolutely yeah i mean i know eddie at the time uh he initially uh did the deal with with you and danny He said his pitch to fighters was two-pronged it's you'll be well promoted and you'll be active um you know i take it eddie has uh delivered on both fronts
0: oh eddie's over delivered on everything that he said he would do um especially by getting the canelo fight and, and eddie myself and, and al really and and i'll give lou de bella credit too uh really sort of had the Sergei Derevynchenko fight come together. Um, and, and that was a risky fight for Danny. I mean, Danny could have fought a no-name and made the same amount of money that he was getting for Sergei Derevynchenko, but Danny wanted the title. He's never been a guy for fight. And uh, it was a fight that a lot of people thought going in could go either way. It was a great fight. It was a close fight. I think both guys' stocks were raised in that fight. So, uh, yeah, but I mean that was sort of the, the thinking behind the move to to Hearn. That he could get us the fights that we wanted, uh, and there are Canelo and Triple J.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the Canelo fight. I mean, I heard you say negotiations were a bit grueling, but uh but both both Hearn and uh John Skipper, uh DAZN's CEO, really wanted the fight to happen, so it got it got done. Just uh, talk about those negotiations a little bit.
0: Um well, I don't think, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for Canelo or Oscar de La Hoya, but it seemed to me like they really didn't want the Danny Jacobs fight. They wanted the David Lemieux fight. And then when he missed weight, it kind of opened the window to Danny getting the fight. And then I still think they wanted the David Lemieux fight. Right. But, you know, we had a little bit of leverage to use at the time. We were free agents, and, and we said, if you guys really want us on the zone, we want that Canelo fight. And, you know... Eddie, Eddie and Skipper came through. I mean, it was we, were, we, were, we had been talking about it for two months, and then one day we met, and we kind of sat in a room for four hours. We locked ourselves in until we got a deal done. And, uh, yeah, if they, if they hadn't gotten us the Canelo fight, I don't know really where Danny would have ended up because, you know, top rank was interested in him. Uh, PVC obviously wanted to sign him as well. Even though we're, with, we're still with Al... You know, we weren't with PVC at the time, and uh, we were seriously considering going back to PVC. But once they landed the Canelo fight, it was kind of hard to sign a short-term deal with the zone.
1: Right, right, right. So, how do you see the Canelo fight playing out?
0: I mean, listen, I've never seen Danny so intense in training. He looks amazing. He's in. He's in a great. bit of everything. I,
1: I don't... Boop, you're, you're cutting out boxing. a little bit. Okay.
0: I think Danny's going to show a little bit of everything. I think he's going to box a little, but I also think he's going to get inside and, and and fight in the trenches well at times and, and move Canelo back. So I think it's going to be an extremely exciting fight. Um, I mean, obviously, I think my guy's going to win, but uh, I know Canelo's a great fighter, and I think both fighters are going to have great moments in the fight. And I do think it's going to be one of those instant middleweight classics, like Hagler Hearns or or Leonard Hagler, or, you know, a middleweight title fight that people talk talk about twenty, thirty years from now.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Danny's got the hand speed and power to to really make this a great, great fight. Um, now, should Danny win, there's there's a rematch clause, correct? So I'd assume if he won, he's got to go straight into that.
0: Um, well, I mean, I think it, there's a rematch clause. I think it depends on how convincingly Danny beats him if it's a close fight controversial and Canelo's people think that he he won they would want an immediate rematch uh, if Danny beats him decisively they might want to go get you know a win between the rematch but yeah there is a rematch clause, and I'm expecting Danny to fight Canelo a couple of times and, and Triple G a couple of times in the next few years I think all three of these guys are going to do uh, a round robin here now that they're all under the same uh, umbrella over at the zone
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, it's interesting because I've heard Triple G say he wants to fight Canelo in September whether or not Canelo beats Danny or not. So um, Danny could be causing all kinds of havoc if he beats uh, Canelo in May. But um, it's interesting. Yeah, I see. I see, you know, definitely a great series of fights. Um, I mean, Eddie and own also have Demetrius Andrade under contract, um, who's the WBO champ. Is that a fight you guys would uh, consider if you emerge uh, victorious uh, against Canelo? No, if we. I, I
0: don't think he'd be on the short list. I mean, they're they're very close friends. They've always said that they wouldn't fight each other unless it was uh, unless it made a lot of sense. I mean, listen, if the money's there. We'll fight them. But I think if we fight Canelo, we would have uh, a, a you know either we'd go straight to the Canelo rematch or we we'd look to fight Triple J.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So another great middleweight out there, obviously the PBC has, and Jamal Charlo. Um, you know, is that is that? Uh, I mean, and and also I think Danny's deal has been reported as like a three-fight deal with the Zone. So is that something like maybe Danny wants to get the big fights with Canelo and Triple G, but eventually maybe he'll get around to uh, uh, it, Charlo.
0: Listen, we'll, yeah, we'll fight Charlo one hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent. We can fight him on the Zone, or we can fight him on another platform in in two thousand twenty. That's a, that's a fight Danny desperately wants. He wants to shut up uh, Jamel Charlo's mouth. Mm. He's, that That's personal for Danny. And uh, he's told me, get, you know, before it's all said and done with, he's going to put Charlo on
1: his back. Nice. Well, I'd love to see that yeah, fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be
0: a huge fight in the Barclay Center. Wow.
1: It's a lot of, so many great fights at middleweight, man. Just, uh, you know, can't wait to see, see him get made. Um so let's, uh, I mean, you've got such a big roster, guys. Let me, let me go to the next one. I mean, we could talk about Danny all day, but uh, let's go with Marcus Brown. I mean, Marcus looked like a million bucks in his last fight, man. I don't think people expected him to, to beat Badu Jack even, and certainly not as one-sided as he did. Um, looks like he's really turned a corner in his development. Talk about that.
0: Well, I think, uh, it, you know, Marcus has always had the A-plus talent. It's just a matter of putting it all together at the right time and we sent him away to Colorado Springs for the, uh, for the camp. And I think him getting out of New York, focusing solely on boxing, no distractions, you know, that all these fighters, when they're a lot of these fighters, when they train at home, the distractions really hurt them. And uh, I think it proved that he is an elite fighter, but he's the type of guy that you have to send away to camp if you, if you want to get the best out of him. So uh, for now on, he'll be going away every single camp. Um, you have to invest in yourself and spend the money to, to get a return, and 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 with Marcus, it really showed in that fight. So, you know, a year ago, if he had said like, oh, which guy would you would you want to fight for the title? I probably would have hand picked a guy, but after the way he looked against Biden Jack, and and seeing that if you send him away, he really is an elite fighter. I don't think you know we'll fight any of those those uh, Eastern Europeans. I think he can beat them all when he's focused
1: yeah absolutely i mean he's he's uh he's in a great position with the b a right now he's the interim champ so i mean is is B-ball necessarily a guy you're targeting or i mean is he is is that something the b a could order or um
0: uh yeah they're supposed to order that we're also the mandatory for vostek uh for the w b c um i i'm not sure which route we're gonna take first i think we we might go with the w b c route mm. and fight vostek um We'll, we'll be announcing his next opponent very soon, so it, it won't be one of those guys. But after this next fight, we'll probably target the WBC champion. And then I think it, Bibble's the type of guy that we should sort of build that up into like a, a huge fight. So I, I, I think the money will be there maybe a year from now. The, the money that that I'd want to get him for Bibble.
1: Right, right, you know,
0: right. Right, now, too soon.
1: right. Right Right, right, That that'd work great as a as a unification match. On, uh, on yeah yeah that's awesome so let's uh move on to uh Cer- sergey Derevianchenko, who uh lost a very tough one to danny last october in uh in in the garden fought really well um although he seemed a little less composed than what i'm used to seeing him uh, i think you know because he and danny just know each other so well they sparred a million rounds um you know might have uh you know had, had sergey trying to give him a little different look but what was your impression of sergey in that fight
0: I thought Sergey did great. I think Danny just edged him out slightly. Obviously, that knockdown in the first round gave Danny a nice lead, and he sort of, you know, rode with that momentum. But it was a tough fight. Um, a lot of people uh, thought it was a really close fight. Uh, but next for him is Jack Colke April 13th. He, if he wins that fight, he is the mandatory for the Canelo Jacobs winner. So. Uh, It'll put him in a good position where one of those guys will have to fight him, or they'll have to give up his belt, and then you know he can fight for the vacant title again. So I think he's the type of guy where you know this win really puts him back in the mix right away. A lot of fighters it takes him two or three years to build up again, and he's going to be right back in the mix real quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's great that you that you got him right back in the mix. I mean, with with the Danny and Sergey fight, those a lot of people a lot of people made a, 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 a you know a lot about the the conflict that you had because you 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 advised like both guys. I mean, did the commission give you any problems with that, or was that just not a big deal? No, not at
0: all. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, listen, Al Heyman has his guys fight each other all the time. Top Rank has uh, their guys fight each other all the time. It's common. I don't know why people made such a huge deal out of it. The good thing was, and, and the, the good position I was in was, Danny had a guaranteed contract from HBO. So he was getting paid what he was getting paid regardless. So I only really had to fight for Sergey, And I fought to the nail uh, to get him uh, by far the biggest paycheck of his life. Uh, actually, we, we negotiated such a good deal that the promoters lost, I think, about $300,000 on the fight oh wow (laughs) so sergey was well paid so it wasn't where i was sort of like okay danny you get this and sergey you take this danny was already locked into a number and uh and i just had to find a way to get Eddie to get hbo to increase the budget and they did that
1: that's great that's great that's great um well, it looks like with Sergey too. I mean, un- unless the IBF like strips somebody. I mean, you've got Canelo, you've got Danny, you've got Triple G, um, all with the titles. Um, so Sergey, for the most part, might have to wait till like 2020 to get his shot. Is that is that about right?
0: I would probably. I mean, it all depends on what happens, you know, in the next fight. But I, I mean, it's the likelihood is that somebody would have to give up the IBF belt and the IBF is an organization that really follows their rules strictly. Right. And listen, the winner of the Canelo Jacobs fight, if they have two titles or three titles, they're going to be the man. I don't think they're going to really care that much about one specific belt. So, but they'll have a, they'll have a decision to make on um, what they want to do. If they want to fight Sergey or if they want to fight each other again or fight triple G. So a lot's going to happen here in a short period of time, right after May 4th. And, Whoever the winner is, we'll see what their decision is. Uh, but either way, I mean, Sergei's going to be right back in the mix. And he's a guy I don't think any of these guys really want to fight. You know, he's, he's not a huge name yet, but, you know, there's a lot of risk involved in fighting him.
1: Absolutely. I mean, is there, is there any thought to uh, putting him in there with Jamal Charlo uh, to unify like the mandatory spot for the IBF and the BC? I mean, I know Maurizio Suleiman has talked about trying to to get unified mandatories for unified champs. Is, that, is there any I mean, consideration? We would fight Charlo. Mm.
0: I, I, I've talked to Sergey about him as a possible opponent. He loves that fight. Um, listen, Jamal Charlo is a strong guy. He, he, he could hurt anybody in the division he is a, a complete fighter, as Jacobs, Canelo, Golovkin, or Sergey, I don't think he's as complete as them. But his hands powerful enough to uh, his right hand's powerful enough to change any fight. So he's dangerous for all these guys. But I think Sergey's really dangerous for Jamal Charlo, and I think that would be a, a big fight in the Barclay Center.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so
0: that could be that could be we there could be a situation where you know that those guys do fight after the Colquay fight. As long as someone you know, I've talked to Al about, so it is a possibility as well.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So Sergey still side with the uh, Fight Promotions Inc. and DiBella, right? Those are his promoters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to to your big guy, um, Adam Konaski, who looked uh, really impressive in his last fight, stopping uh, Gerald Washington in two rounds, um, which was much quicker than uh, either Deontay Wilder or uh, Big Baby Miller got him out. So. So, what's your assessment of Adam's progress?
0: I mean, Adam's amazing. Everybody underestimates him because he doesn't have a six-pack or super ripped. But uh, if you really look at Adam, he lands a very high percentage. Oop! He's got a great jaw and he's aggressive as hell.
1: Right. A- absolutely. Uh, I think you're cutting out a little bit, Keith. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, you hear me <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can hear you now.
0: Uh I mean he's got fast hands, a high work rate and a great jaw. He's gonna be a big problem for Deontay Wilder and Deontay Wilder's definitely the target here, uh, in the next twelve months. I've had conversations with his side and I mean listen, obviously if Joshua Wilder happens, we'll have to wait a little bit longer. But if that mega fight doesn't happen, I, I think you could see uh Adam in the ring with Wilder in the next twelve months and I give him a really good shot to to knock out Wilder.
1: Yeah, listen, I mean, uh, you know, come you know, I mean, he, he puts pressure on, and as long as he doesn't get hit with anything too big, I mean, he obviously has dynamite in his hands too. That'd be a great, great fight um, with Deontay but Wilder. You
0: can, you, can hit, you you can hit Adam with something big. You can hit him with the ring post, and he's not going anywhere.
1: Adam's
0: got <laughs> a huge jaw, and uh, I know Wilder's got a big shot, but. He be, he, better land it quickly because if he doesn't, Adam's going to be all over him. And I don't know if Wilder has the footwork to to really be able to stay away from Konaki for a long period of time. So if Adam can eat that right hand and walk through it, it's going to it's going to be a big problems for Deontay.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me get to uh, uh, a former champ that you're working with now, Mr. Chris Algieri. Uh, Chris came back from a long layoff and he's he's had a few fights. But uh, I didn't think he looked so great in his last fight with Daniel Gonzalez. It looked like the last couple of rounds, he was just kind of surviving the last few rounds. What's what's the status of his comeback, and is he still in the hunt for a, a shot at uh, WBO champ Maurice Hooker?
0: Well, believe it or not, he tested positive for the flu the following day after oh, wow. the fight. Mm. So he told me after the fifth round, sixth round, he hit a wall and he was just done. And then the next day, he, he tested positive for the flu. So... Um, I told him the other day, it might've been good that you didn't look that great in that fight. You know, he, he had the flu, but people are still going to look at that and say, Chris Algieri is, is not what he used to be. So people want to fight him. So June 1st, he'll fight on the undercard of the, uh, Joshua fight in the garden. He's going to fight Tommy Coyle. And then, uh, if he wins that, the plan is to fight Maurice Hooker later in the year. So oh. yeah, he's right back in the mix. He's one. He's one fight away from a title shot.
1: Okay. Okay. Coyle is a real good fight too. Coyle's a real good fight. Um, now, is he? Is he still on a promotional contract to Star Boxing and Joe DeGuardia?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We still have a partnership with Joe DeGuardia. Okay. So, Yes, cause Joe's obviously involved. They uh, they have a new deal right now. So uh, everything's been going great. three of us have been working well together for the last. I guess when did Chris come back? Uh, I mean, he's only been back four months, and he's had two fights. Right. So, uh, yeah, everything's gone smoothly, and Joe's been great. And, uh, I mean, listen, he's about to have his third fight in seven months by the time he fights June 1st, and then after that, he'll have a title shot. So, within a year of his comeback, he'll have four fights and a title shot if everything goes according to plan on June 1st. So, I, I, I think we definitely uh, gave him a good roadmap. map.
1: No, oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. Now he also he still works. He was he was in um, Danny's camp, right? Danny Jacobs' camp, like helping out with nutrition yeah, he's, conditioning. Yeah,
0: he's, he's Danny's nutritionist. He's also he's Danny's everything. He runs with Danny. He cooks for Danny. He hangs out with Danny. He does everything. I mean, when I'm not there, he's like my eyes and ears, and gets everything done. Chris is like a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> he does it. <laughs> So, uh, but he's great, and I think he—he's been a great addition, to Danny. And I think Danny's definitely become a lot better as a fighter uh, because of uh, the way Chris has had him fed, but also just he—he's there for Danny mentally. He—I I think he's just been maybe
1: one of the best additions we've made over the last two years here. Oh, that's great. That's great. Also, I want to talk about the trio of uh, youngsters that you you signed with uh, Eddie Hearn last year. Um, uh, the one I'm I'm kind of most amped about is is the middleweight Nikita White Chocolate, a baby. Um, how do you pronounce this? Is it a, a baby, a BB? A, bo- a, bo- a Bobby? A Bobby. There you go, Nikita a Bobby. I remember seeing him get he got robbed in the finals of the New York Golden Gloves, but uh, the kid can really fight. So tell the people about him.
0: I mean, listen, he's a heavy-handed guy. If you're in the upper deck, you can still hear him land his shots. Um, He's only 20 years old. He already has his man strength. Uh, I know Eddie's got huge plans for him. I think the key is going to be that we bring him along at the right development pattern and not rush him because he is so strong that there's a tendency to think that, you know, maybe he could fight for a title in two years. But I, I really think the smart thing to do would be to bring him along slowly, maybe by the time he's 24, 25, and have him fight for a title. I think 22 would be too soon. So I think that the yeah the the biggest problem with him will be holding him back, you know, and and and, and not pushing him too soon because a lot of fighters get ruined. You know, there's only a few Mike Tyson's, a uh, a few Dave Benevides that can that can win titles at 20 years old, 21. You know, right. So, but I'm expecting big things. I think when Triple G, Canelo, Danny, Andrade, Sergey—all these, you know, top guys at middleweight. When their when their time is up, I think uh, Nikita bobby will definitely be one of the names at the top. He, he's the next generation, I think, of uh, of middleweight champs.
1: Yeah, he he looks dynamite. I love watching him fight. When when is the next time he gets in?
0: Uh, he's probably gonna fight in April. I don't have a date lined up yet, but I know Eddie. Eddie was really happy after his last performance, and Eddie wants to get him back in quickly. Actually, we were offered to fight on the Philadelphia show six days later. Oh, wow. But uh, by the time we found out that opportunity was available already, he had kind of put on too much weight, and we would have only had three days' notice, and he just said, I'll wait till next month. But, yeah, he'll be back in soon.
1: Oh, he's great, yeah. Can't wait. Another guy I know that, that you're you're really high on as well is uh, the young welterweight, uh, Rochette Mahdi. Uh tell folks how you hooked up with him and, and what you think of his potential.
0: I mean he's a total beast. He's I he's like the baby faced assassin. He looks like he should be in a, be in a boy band. But um <laughs> he's got a he's got a killer instinct. Uh he's got a devastating left hook. Um I mean he's got a really strong left hook. Uh he throws sort of an uppercut like slash left hook all in one. It comes from a really odd angle. I haven't seen too many guys throw it like that, except for maybe De La Hoya. But, um, you know, he's a winner. That's all I can say. He's been winning in every single different combat sport that he's been in. He's done wrestling. He's done Muay Thai. He's done MMA. He's done boxing. And every single thing that he's done, he's always been a champion. So um, besides his great skills, I think mentally he's just a guy that refuses to lose. Uh, He won the National Golden Gloves with basically one arm. His other arm he couldn't even fight with because it was injured. Wow. And, uh, not only did he win his weight class, but he won the fighter of the tournament, you know, in in all the weight classes. So the kid's a beast, you know? So, uh, he's another guy that he's only 20 years old. I think if we bring him along at the right speed, you know, maybe four or five years from now, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a world champion at 140 or 147.
1: Gotcha. He also seems to have a great local following, too. I think I, I see, like, a lot of his, uh, his uh, fans, local fans, showing up for the fight, which is always a good yeah, he thing. Has
0: about five or, he, he has about five or six hundred people that show up every night when he fights.
1: That's awesome. He's got a huge foul. That is awesome. So yeah, I
0: expect a lot of things. Uh, he he has an injury right now that he's going to have a minor surgery on here in the next couple of weeks. So he might be out for a couple of months, but we want to get it taken care of now. It's better to get it done sooner than later. So he'll be out for a few months, but nothing more than maybe three or four months.
1: I got you. I got you. Also, want to talk to you about uh, local heavyweight Nicosi uh, Solomon, who got off to a rough start to his uh, career. He got knocked down a few times, and he lost his pro debut, but I I know he's come back with a win since then, and uh, how are you seeing his progress, and and what his potential is?
0: Well, he he definitely had a rough start. Uh, It was a disaster, to say the least. I think he was just too overhyped for the fight, and he let the situation get to his head, but he bounced back with a win, and... I think the next fight. I, I spoke to Eddie. I think we're actually going to put him on the Usyk undercard in Chicago, and we're going to have a rematch against the guy that beat him.
1: Oh wow! He's
0: got to exercise. Yeah, he's got to exercise that demon, and prove that, that he could beat that guy. And that if he could do that, then you know that then we can move on from there. But that's something he definitely wants to avenge, and we're going to set that up for him.
1: Cool, cool, wow, that's challenging. That's awesome. So are a uh, Bobby, Madi, or or Solomon also signed with Al, or, or do you have those guys on your own?
0: No, no, those are those are strictly signed with myself at the
1: moment. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. So I know, I know, uh, you know, you, you're getting yourself ready for for uh, Louis, and you have you got some things to do. But uh, let me get one more in here. I just want to talk about the market, the the boxing market in general. Just you know, it's such a great market for uh, free agent boxers right now. And um you have relationships with the with the three main players in the sport, PBC, top rank and and Matchroom. So when you have like a, a big time fighter like Danny and a free agent, you know, what are the things you're looking for in the offers from the from the major players?
0: I mean, it comes down to what everybody wants, the best deal possible, right? Right. So, you know, I'll sit down with all three factions. Uh I'll see what their interest is in that fighter and, you know, the way I do business is I don't tell the fighter what to do. I tell him what his options are. I tell him what I think he should do. But in the end, I always leave it in the fighter's hands. So if there's three equal deals, you know, I'll kind of leave it up to the fighter who he thinks the best fit for him is. Because, you know, it's a huge decision. And, you know, sometimes those decisions have to be made by the fighter because he's the one getting into the ring. So, but, yeah, I I. I I don't like to get involved in the politics of boxing. I like that I have relationships with all three major factions, uh, and I intend to keep it that way. Because In the end, it's not about me. It's not about the promoters. It's about the fighter.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, on that note, really appreciate you taking the time, Keith, and you know, best of luck to, to Louis uh, tomorrow night, and uh, take care, my man.
0: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good talking to you.
1: All right, Keith. Take care. And that will do it for another edition of the Boxing Esquire Podcast presented by The Ring and ringtv.com. I'd like to thank Keith Conley for taking the time out to speak with me on a busy fight weekend. I know he's got a lot going on with uh, Louie's big fight at the Garden. Uh, If you like the podcast, please leave a comment or a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, or wherever you access the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Really appreciate it as it helps new listeners find the podcast. And also, do not forget to check out my companion piece to this podcast on ringtv.com. It features quotes and background on my interview with Keith. So until next time, so long, everybody. what you was looking for?